3: Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks.
2: That's all we need.
1: We've got all the experience in the world.
4: Week 14 is here in the National Football League. He's Mike Carmen. Get him on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. If you want to tweet us at our podcast Twitter page, go ahead and hit us up at I Want Your Flex. You may have some playoff questions, may have some regular season finale questions. That's likely where your fantasy season and league should be. I will say this, Mike, I hope that's the case because I don't want people playing in week 17. Leave that for the daily fantasy stuff. But I understand if you got to go a little bit longer and maybe the regular season ends next week. But right now we're in the nitty gritty. Things are wrapping up or you're already in the playoffs. And uh, we're used to seeing the New England Patriots in the playoffs. But after Thursday night. I don't think that's going to be the case.
5: First seven-loss season since 2002. Mm. By the way, we always fight about Week 17. Perhaps we'll do that in an extended... uh rant uh, at another time uh in terms of using it but yeah week 17 is in the uh the distant future uh and it's limping to the end for the new england patriots a putrid effort on thursday night football a couple of opportunities where some goal line play calling that left you scratching your head uh give all the credit in the world to the rams defense for taking care of it and not falling for any any would-be uh quarterback draws right they, they were ready for cam newton spied him and shut that down he didn't get much in the run game i think it was seven carries 16 yards and offensively they don't they don't have that game breaker so it showed Uh, And the Rams, as long as you can keep Jared Goff from early mistakes, you got a good chance to win. And, you know, we found the newer, greater version of Cam as Cam Akers took over this game. And I think it comes it's the defense and the coming out party for Cam Akers that will signify the opening of week 14.
4: Yeah, the Acres situation is one that I'm proud to say that we've been on for a while, but I was surprised to see how many people were kind of late to the party. He's had an interesting rookie season, obviously, but he's also had a pretty interesting career just throughout. was one of the uh, highest recruits uh, when he was coming out of high school, ended up going to Florida State. And then he thought he was going to run wild at Florida State. And Florida State had a bunch of issues and ends up still being a second-round pick. But when he was a second-round pick, I was a guy at the start of the season that thought, "Okay, this is the guy that's going to take over for Todd Gurley. May not have the impact that Todd Gurley had, but we expected him to be the guy to maybe take the torch from Gurley now that Gurley was out of town and be that workhorse back. Took a while. Took about 12 or 13 weeks, but Cam Akers is now there for the Rams.
5: Well, and now you have a guy fresh. How many times have we talked, you and I, on Sunday mornings in years past or times you and I have sat together on Fox Sports Radio watching the rookie wall jump up and just absolutely slam the door on what are good rookie seasons, right? Particularly at the running back position where game 11, game 12, if they've been utilized a bunch, they got nothing left. So maybe this is one of those works of genius by McVeigh, where it's, all right, we pace it. And we give some where we need it because Henderson, you know, they've done all right. Like You know, the three man, three headed monster hasn't been dominant. But now you've got a guy that for the final four games of your regular season, including tonight, and presumably for the playoff stretch, has fairly fresh legs and should be ready to roll because you're going to need him to establish balance because the last thing you want is Jared Goff winging it around 45 times, given some of the inaccuracy issues he's had.
4: If that was the plan, then Sean McVay is way smarter than any of us. And I actually think he kind of got bailed out a little bit by the play of Daryl Henderson. Malcolm Brown was the, the guy in week one, I remember, against the Cowboys. But then it, to to be able to set this up the way that it did, I actually think that the Rams, in a weird way benefited from the lack of offseason that you had with these rookies i don't think that cam acres for as much as they loved him i don't think that they could trust him until these last couple of weeks and so that kind of goes along a bit with you, with your point of not only did they save him but if you give him a full preseason or you give him a full training camp maybe he's caught up to speed sooner and he ends up cracking through. But I think it took him a while. It's not the only situation that we've seen in the NFL where maybe rookies have taken a while, a little while to adjust at least and haven't immediately burst onto the scene. And I think some of that has to do with the type of offseason that they had. But we're where we are right now in looking around the running back landscape of the National Football League and seeing how the Rams want to win and want to play football. If you have Cam Akers on your team – I think you're at a top 10 running back position uh, with him going the rest of the way because the position, as we've talked about, has been Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry and take whoever else you want at that point. But now you've got Cam Akers actually getting a majority of the the carries. And I think that he is a, going to be a boom for fantasy teams over these final couple weeks.
5: Yeah, I mean, look at look at the way the position changed, right? You mentioned those two guys. And and certainly for the first half of the year, Alvin Kamara was in there. Well, as we've talked about in past episodes of the podcast, once Jason Hill came on the scene, the ability for – for Alvin Kamara to dominate, has gone out the window. Your goal line touches have gone out the window. Uh, Say nothing of Michael Thomas and your receivers. They've got their own issues uh, to worry about. But when we look at the running back position as a whole, right, how many times do we wring our hands over what's become of Ezekiel Elliott or even Aaron Jones? There's some big games. And then there's the Aaron Rodgers monster games. Lee DeLapp, our executive producer, the big Packer fan, he knows that all too well. Probably has every Packer uh, stashed away on his rosters because he, you know, traded to replicate the entire offense. But it's it's that kind of situation where most teams are using two, sometimes three running backs, and it's an absolute nightmare at this point.
4: That reminds me of when I played fantasy back in the early '90s. My uh, older cousin loved the Houston Oilers. And his starting lineup was Warren Moon at quarterback. It was Lorenzo White uh, was one of the running backs. He didn't get all of the wide receivers, but partly because he couldn't play all the wide receivers. So I think he had Haywood Jeffries, Curtis Duncan, and uh, I... Drew Hill. I don't think he had Ernest Givens. Actually, no. I he did have Ernest Givens. Uh, he didn't have Drew Hill, and so his whole team was Oilers. So when the Oilers had a buy, he was screwed. But so th- there you got that with <laughs> with the uh, Lee and the the Green Bay Packers, uh, the uh, Rams defense stepping up. And I'll say if if you're in a playoff situation or you need to win Week 15. Jets come to town in Week Yay. fifteen, and now the Rams are going to be on on a break. They're going to have their week and a half off, so things looking good for those two parts, at least uh, the, you know, fantasy wise. when you look at Thursday night's game? It was a game that I put in my three point conversion where I just didn't think that you could expect much, and I, I don't think anybody really did, and that's what we ended up getting in the twenty four to three. Rams win
5: yeah pretty much everybody uh when you look at the Rams wide receivers based on the New England defense they were all back in twos or threes Cam Akers was a uh, second running back just a matter of how much you trusted again against a pretty good New England defense Goff was a, a QB too Cam Newton wasn't finding anybody's lineups unless you were wishing for rushing touchdowns Uh, Because he doesn't have tight end or running back eligibility, so as a quarterback, he's not. I mean, what's he got? He's got fewer touchdown passes than than some uh, guys on end arounds that are throwing the ball at this point. All right, maybe I exaggerate a little bit, but but it's close. But it's close. So uh, one in the books. And hey, we celebrate each and every one of them. Uh, we find the the victories in it. And it's the celebration of Cam Akers.
4: So were you trying to tell me earlier that you're in on week 17 being part of fantasy leagues? Is that what's your?
5: Well, I want to do something with it, right? I don't want to dismiss it. Does it need to be part of your actual league's playoffs? Well, if you want to do the two-week playoff thing, I'm not against it. Because everybody's got a plan for it if you decide to make it part. I just think there's so precious few games, all 256, that you want to use them. Because once football goes away, we got a while. Because if you're not a basketball fan, you got nothing. XFL ain't coming back yet maybe you don't like major league baseball i i I don't know maybe you're not a hockey guy football goes away so why not use it the easiest way is as you reference doing daily fantasy you do a one-week draft or whatever to have a side pool or something else but I, i don't like when it just gets dismissed lopping off those 16 games makes me cry
4: I think it's one of the worst weeks that we have of the year, just because it's so disappointing. There's a finality of it and to have any sort of fantasy to have your team be carried along and in, and all of a sudden, be like, "All right, our guy's going to rest. He's not going to play week seventeen, or they just—they're only going to play him a half. That's just the only way that I just feel it would be so crushing to a fantasy league. That yeah, find, figure out some value. I don't know. Get your buddies together in the league to do something with it. I just would end my season at week sixteen.
5: Well, I, I think though, Dan, if you, if you get into load management, it's an easy. Uh... Precursor to starting in a fantasy
4: NBA league
5: with your friends because you got to get used to guys taking random nights off sure. during those matchups, too.
4: Fair enough. I think it's a good if you have any uh, honeydew things to do or if you want to take the kids somewhere. It's a great excuse to do it in week 17 because unless your team is is battling for a playoff spot. It can be kind of a pushed away. You could be like, "Look, I went and did this with the kids during uh, a football Sunday, or I went and did this, and I." Didn't oh, you have think you're to. trying
5: to get points down the road? So you remember that one, Lisa? You never heard that.
4: <laughs> All right, let's let's dive into what we've got ahead of us because there are a bunch of marquee games. There were some moves that were made this week, but I want to start with the game on Sunday night because I want to talk about what we ended up in. Our Our last podcast we did that launched on Tuesday morning, we recapped the double header that we had on Monday. Steelers were going down, bills were going up. Well now these two teams end up meeting head to head on Sunday night. And I think that a lot of people are high on the bills and low on the Steelers right now. I just I would caution that, especially with the return of James Conner and that Steelers offense. And it's a big spot for Buffalo. Even though there are no fans at Sunday Night Football, the best team in the NFL is coming in. Pittsburgh may have something to prove. I I like some of the Pittsburgh wide receivers, and I think that they're going to have a better opportunity to do stuff against a Bills secondary. Maybe not with Tredavious White and whoever he guards, but it's not going to be like Washington's front got after the Steelers. I think that there's opportunities for Pittsburgh, and I would temper my expectations for Buffalo in Week 14.
5: Yeah, I think this is one where I'm looking at the over-under and I I start raising an eyebrow going, we're going to have some fun. Because Pittsburgh's defense, we've seen it in spurts. And you're missing two huge cogs. We've talked about it. You lose Dupree, you lose Bush. Something's going to give. And against a better squad, and Buffalo's gotten much better. Josh Allen, I think, finally getting some of the respect. And I I like to uh, pat myself on the back and dislocate a shoulder for acknowledging – that he was more a year ago when folks were still just kind of saying, ah, he runs a lot like, no, no, no. There's still refinement to be done and bringing in a guy like Stefan Diggs will help your growth quite a bit. And having a guy, you know, like we were talking about with new England, wh- wh- how much better would they be if they had a guy like Cole Beasley, Right. Or turn back the clock, Julian Edelman, before he was broken. Right. I mean, just a safety valve, a guy that picks up the first down. not, Not necessarily a big play guy of the 40, 50 yard variety, but a guy that can get open. And is a a more refined wide receiver and that's what josh Allen has he's got a couple of guys that that make plays the run game still scares me in points right both singletary and zach moss have their opportunities and sometimes they look great and other times it's wow they're really young and have a lot left to learn so uh but in this one i mean buffalo gives up 26 a game pittsburgh you've got all those weapons that still get deployed and whether you want to just commit to what the rushing yardage says and just leave it there. Remember a lot of the passing attempts are at or within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And then it's about yak. So do we count some of those as extended rushes in Roethlisberger's completions? There's just too many guys to slow down. I think this is a fun game and anybody quick to bury Pittsburgh Yes, it's a, it's a gauntlet, right, playing that game against Baltimore, followed by another sledgehammer in Washington, followed by the Bills. That's a tall task, but Tomlin will have them ready.
4: The Eagles have a tall task with the Saints coming to town, and they're going to do so with Jalen Hurts getting the start. Doug Peterson tabbing him as the starter. We had touched on it uh, even before it was officially named by Peterson, but when he didn't name a quarterback on Monday, we kind of got the sense that they were leaning this way. How does that change the Eagles as we look at them now with Jalen Hurts getting the start against New Orleans?
5: I don't think any of them were startable before. I don't think any of them are startable now. Like, even Miles Sanders has hit a point when you look at his last three games, right? 32 carries over those three games. He's averaged 37 rushing yards per game while only tallying five five receptions. I mean, that's just incredibly weak performance. Uh, and now you go up against new Orleans. That's been very good against opposing running backs. So he's not a factor. The wideouts are not a factor. I guess you look at Goddard nerds. We know the young quarterback tight end is going to be your best friend, but is it enough? I don't see it getting fixed with, with hurts just because he's a bit more mobile. His rushing yards might be fine, but I don't think it boosts anybody else.
4: Yeah. Not a fan of, of really any Eagles in in week 14, especially against the saints too. I I mean, I I just I, I think it's going to be a very difficult game. I will say, with uh, Arizona on the Eagles' schedule, the Cowboys after that, there could be opportunities. Don't quit on Miles Sanders just yet. Just uh, quit on him in Week 14, and then you can love him again maybe in Week 15 if you need. Final game I want to touch on before we get your top five rankings because it is a Monday night affair, Ravens and Browns. And Lamar Jackson seems to come back from COVID and have no troubles whatsoever. We've seen the Baltimore running backs come into play. We have the Browns after their, uh, I don't want to say dismantling of the Titans because the score ended up being uh, indicative. The score wasn't as indicative of how much of a butt kicking Cleveland gave Tennessee in the first half. But what do you take from Cleveland and what do you take from Baltimore and two teams that uh, are going to clash in a division affair on Monday Night Football?
5: It's curious, right? Because the first meeting between these two teams, folks may not remember, Cleveland got absolutely wiped around. I mean, this was the – for those that love comic book movies, you go back and Hulk grabbing the villain Loki and ragdolling him all over the the floor, uh, smashing him through. Uh, that, That was really what that matchup looked like. Much different team now, obviously. Chubb and Hunt having great success. But on the outside, Jarvis Landry, like Baltimore can still play defense, right? Still yep. top 5D. So coming off the high that they had a week ago, this is one of those, I, I hold up a huge stop sign thinking that Cleveland's going to continue that success. I, I wouldn't bury Baltimore just yet, especially now that the running backs are healthy in the last couple of weeks. And we touched on it in a, in a prior podcast is that um, even when they lost that game against the Steelers, they tried to run the ball which they hadn't done. They'd kind of gotten away from that identity. They didn't have a lot of success, right? Edwards had, what, nine carries, 10 yards, and a touchdown. But they committed to the run, and then against Dallas, and hang a star on Dallas, uh, as bad as they are. But what did they do? Let's run the ball. Let's not put the ball up in harm's way. Let's not try to do anything that we're not. So getting back to the identity and called runs for Lamar Jackson, you shorten the game. And I think that's where it stands. Give me a little share of Dobbins. Give me a share of Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson as a back-end QB1. I'm reticent to get too excited about the other side.
4: Yeah, I'm reticent on on Cleveland. You're not going to play Baker, despite his great output against Tennessee that he had. That Nick Chubb, you got to play him if he's on your roster, absolutely. And I think that's something could be done. But I'm, I'm even worried about everything else of of what you could have around there. Uh, Monday night should be fun. Uh, there may could be a quick game. Could be could be one of yes. those 245ers that we have on Monday night. But that's what's going to wrap up Week 14. <laughs> All right, let's, and now here's an yeah.
5: encore: the Disney sing along. <laughs> yeah.
4: You know what they'll do? They'll just play Rams Chiefs from like two years ago. That's the most well, that overplayed game like, like all the time. Like the, any opportunity that a network has to show an old game. They just show that game from the Coliseum. It is on all the time in the offseason.
5: Yeah I've, I've seen a, a couple circle up I'm like why well, I don't want to be reminded anytime there was a Bears primetime game all of a sudden that's in repeats I'm like nobody wants to watch it the first time. They don't want to see Foles or Trubisky a second.
4: Oh, man. It's it's it is on. Just watch this offseason when there's they'll they'll make up some excuse on the NFL network. They'll be like Patrick Mahomes birthday week, you know, or something like that. (laughs) And then they'll just replay that game three times. And in the corner, it'll have like a silhouette of a birthday cake at patrick mahomes <laughs> anyway.
5: countdown to patrick mahomes birthday
4: seven now, days of birthday cake. now i want to find out uh, here let's uh, you know let's let's figure this out let's uh, let's see can we can i do this um siri when is patrick mahomes birthday september 17th it already happened so i I guess we're not going to have a birthday sort of week Uh, we we, we'll we'll do the half
1: birthday dan yeah (laughs) this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next the amex dedicated card member entrance for the
0: win
6: Terms and conditions apply.
4: Let's get to your top five rankings for week 14 at the quarterback running back and wide receiver positions. Let's start with the signal callers.
5: All right, signal callers, number one, Russell Wilson, look for a bounce back game against the New York football Jets. third worst against quarterbacks, 22.3 points per game. Number two, Aaron Rodgers going against the Detroit Lions, Uh, 10th. worst giving up 19 and a half per game Uh, bounce back for Justin Herbert why it can't be any worse than it was a week ago Uh, but you look at Atlanta the absolute worst fantasy defense against quarterbacks almost nearly 24 points per game Mahomes coming in at number four against Miami seventh best giving up just 16 points per game this is one I think is really interesting to me All right, Brian Flores and his defense. Can they slow down this Kansas City squad? Uh, Still good enough for a top five ranking because you're not shutting them down altogether, uh, but certainly not the big fireworks that you anticipate most weeks. And then finally, Ryan Tannehill going up against those Jacksonville Jaguars, fourth worst against quarterbacks. And even in that burial against Cleveland that you referenced, Dan, uh, he still finished as a top five fantasy quarterbacks. They all count just the same.
4: I don't want to age myself, but when I saw Patrick Mahomes' birthday pop up on my phone, I think I remembered what I did on that day. It was September seventeenth, really? nineteen ninety-five. I mean, just it's such a it, it would have it would have been my you know in college. Uh, probably didn't go to class that day, but I, that's that's. It, September 17th would have been a, a, a college fall afternoon, and there's probably a lot of video games being played at that point. I would, Do you I would remember the
5: 17th night of September? <laughs> 1995, I would have begun my job at the financial aid office after graduating from Northwestern, thereby trying to fund the educations and dreams of so many young and, well, not so young people.
4: Well, I I could I could guarantee you this that if September 17th, 1995 was a Friday, I definitely didn't go to class. That is a, that would be a guarantee. You know what? It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday, so I didn't even have a class to not go to. Uh, Sunday, September 17th was Uh, A Sunday. All right. Hey, Lee,
5: mark that down for a date. We need to go explore what the NFL schedule was and what the college slate was from that weekend. (laughs) How much time did Dan, well, and Mike, for that matter, spend on a couch watching
4: football? (laughs) Do you remember, like, there are times in your life, you know, we, we, we do this with... Historical references of you remember where you were when the Challenger exploded or those tragic events. There are other events that you remember just randomly because of random sports stuff. And I believe it was week one of 1995 that Isaac Bruce just went off uh, as a member of the Rams against the Green Bay Packers because we're like, oh, isaac bruce like what and i believe it was week one of 1995 i'll have to end up looking that up when you uh rattle off your running backs but that's a that's another (laughs) point where i remember sitting in the lounge in our dorm and watching that game the uh chiefs beat the raiders on a pick six in overtime leaf said at least said in on september 17th
5: there you go because i have one from uh Well, September 16th, 1995, obviously 1995, a magical year for my beloved Northwestern Wildcats. But that was the game they lost to Miami, Ohio.
4: Oh, OK. So the so day before, so you, were on, you were, so you were drunk on the 17th, trying to drown your sorrows after that loss. I think there's probably a lot
5: to that. Steve Schmier, uh <laughs> <laughs> was the quarterback of that squad. Uh, going back, Dwayne Bates, the wide receiver. Yeah, what a great squad. Pat Fitzgerald, obviously, uh, at linebacker. Uh, go Cats. But yes, uh, I, I remember that uh, very well and cursing a lot because I thought it was going to be different, Dan. It was supposed to be different.
4: (laughs) And then it was. Oh, uh, by the way, the Rams did beat the Packers on that day. It was 17 to 14. It wasn't, I guess Isaac Bruce did, did was not unleashed. However, he had uh, four catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. And maybe it was the, maybe it was the, ended up being uh, the next season. But I just remember Isaac Bruce and uh, him all of a sudden just, you know, coming on the scene actually no it was that year because he ended up having a pretty good year in 1995 all right enough of 1995 nfl let's get to 2020 nfl running backs for week 14 uh your top five mike who do you got 19
5: 19 1995. Hey, top five running backs for the week. Derek Henry going up against those Jaguars. Six most fantasy points. Look, they got to have a bounce back game. I can only imagine what the postgame speech from Vrabel was and how much he's been just wearing guys out ever since that debacle. Uh, James Robinson, why? Because he's the most unheralded fantasy star of the year. We talk about the, the big names. Uh, you know what? The fantasy points coming from Jaguars. Players count too. He's number two this week. Tennessee generous against the run. Seventh most uh, on the dock. And Aaron Jones coming in number third, uh, number third, number third, the third player out of the top five, the Lions, the worst in the game against running backs. Number four, uh, Austin Eckler. And this one's a, a bit of a counterintuitive one. Yes, they'll be better, as I talked about with Herbert, than last week. Uh, their Falcons are actually fifth best against running backs. But where does Eckler really kill you? In the passing game. So I'm expecting him to be active there. And then a rare appearance by a Bears player in a top five ranking, uh, David Montgomery. Going up against Houston, second most fantasy points allowed per game. You saw a little bit of burst uh, early in that game, two touchdowns a week ago. I don't know how much more the offense brings to the table, but fairly secure in the fact that he'll see 15 to 20 touches against Houston.
4: How dare dare you say that Austin Eckler is going to go off against the Falcons in the house that Todd Gurley built? I mean, come on. I mean, that is, that is disrespectful, Mike. Todd Gurley this week, if you missed it, said that he had a part in building SoFi Stadium. And as, great, as, much, as, as, as much as it could be a great story, that is not the case. <laughs> That stadium was being built, no matter what. It okay. was. It, the, the, that is. That's one of my one of my favorite things that I've heard in a while. And I think Todd Gurley's a good guy, but you you're you're more off base than a fifty cent first pitch than uh, than that one. That is that's pretty
1: good
5: though yeah i mean you want to take some credit for things i I don't mind guys trying to give themselves a little bit of grandeur i mean he had a hell of a commercial with jay Moore to hawk some yes yeah yeah. so that was good uh but in reality i think jerry jones gets more credit for that stadium being built than anybody else
4: true fair point point.
5: even though he got flexed out of sunday night football (laughs) how great is that
4: oh that's that that's where we are in 2020 and hey I'm good with it. Let's get to the wide receivers, your top five rankings for week 14.
5: All right, number one, Devontae Adams. A lot of Green Bay going on here. Why? Because they're playing Detroit. Uh, Eighth most fantasy points allowed to wideouts. Keenan Allen coming in number two against Atlanta, as we've talked about. That secondary is atrocious. Fourth most fantasy points allowed to wideouts. Number three, Tyreek Hill going up against Miami. Wanted to argue him down further, but as we know, all it takes is one play. To erase a, a great day of defense. Miami right in the middle of the pack against wide receivers here. Uh, you got DK Metcalf going up against the New York football Jets. I'm expecting Seattle to put it on them uh, and really open things up here and leave no doubt. Because look, New York had its Super Bowl this past week, right? They did. Hey, we came close. All right, now we're done. Greg Williams got fired. Was that enough? He's the sacrificial lamb. You move on. Uh AJ Brown going up uh the number five on my ranking going up against Jacksonville, fifth most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, uh, and what should be a good get right spot for him.
4: I think that uh, your your point about DK Metcalf and and I'll get to more of the Seahawks a little bit later. You kinda have this converging of as as heartbreaking as the Jets loss was, it's Probably one of their best performances that they had. And if you just don't have that play, you know, there's some momentum. But now you go on the road after losing the game, you fire defensive coordinator and you got to go across the entire country and face a team that's probably fuming after they uh, had their poorest performance of the season on the Seahawks. Oh, they
5: were awful. I mean, as you well know, I mean, that game was – my, that was Brian yeah. and Alfred Morris is the guy that does you in. I mean, how long is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got that problem that comes upon it. But you know, you look at the Jets. That was the most their highest point output of the year. Offensively, they played a pretty strong game. You got some good work from Johnson in the backfield, and. You have, I, I tried to argue and half defend Greg Williams somewhat sarcastically, but also to the g- degree of if they'd gotten home on that play, Dan, is it not the greatest finish to a game? Yeah. Jets? yeah. You get your win.
4: Like if they, if they pull off a sack, is that not the greatest triumph moment? I I can see you running on the field as Derek Carr's peeling himself off the turf and celebrating yeah, like like if you're the Jets, you know, in, in doing that, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. And instead, you lose it. You lose spectacularly. Like either way, it was a fantastic finish.
4: <laughs> oh, very, very, very true. All right, those are your rankings, top five rankings for Week 14. Let's get to the hot place, cold sores, and the ninjas. Uh, excuse me, we have imaging. Let's get to the hot place, cold sores, and the fantasy ninja for Week 14.
5: All right, let's knock these out quickly. Number one, Ezekiel Elliott. We've talked about the disappointments. He's got Cincinnati this week. Let's go. Wayne Gallman. I'm looking at you, Wayne Gallman, going up against Arizona. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I know you've got more on him. Vegas, very generous against the run. And now he catches passes, too. Uh, Matthew Stafford going up against Green Bay. Uh, solid, but they give up. 21 passing touchdowns thus far so i'm looking at him to find some success and as much as the jets may be down here's a ppr opportunity with short intermediate gains by Jamison crowder he's not going to dominate and i don't know how many red zone opportunities you get this time but i think from a ppr perspective you might have some value and then kiki kuti going up against the wonderful world of the Chicago Bears. Over the last four weeks, Dan Byer, third most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers per game.
4: Hmm. Interesting. They Pretty te- crazy considering yeah. how good they were once upon a time. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure it seems like it's a long, long time ago. The Wayne Gallman play against Arizona is is one that that I like. And we even had a question uh, on a fantasy question that someone sent to us, Dan Byer Fan Club, which, by the way, is not me, but they – they had you know they wanted to know like if they should go with Zeke in week fourteen, and I think that it's a it's a good play at, at least against Cincinnati. All right, let's to get
5: figure out who to trust, Dan.
4: yeah, it's difficult at these times. Let's get to the cold source guys you don't want to trust, you don't want to touch you don't want anything to do with
5: yeah, we talked about Miles Sanders already gave some of those stats. He's no better than a back end number two just because he'll see the ball ten times. But I have no idea what the final output was will be because if he doesn't get active in the passing game, that mitigates any of the the gains for him. Uh, you look at that, Nick Chubb against Baltimore. Yes, you're still going to play him. But to me, he's a higher end number two as opposed to his normal one spot. Baltimore third best against the run. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, you told your story of how much you hate Andy Reid last week uh, going up yeah. against Miami. The touch count. Week in, week out for Edwards Hilaire is a mystery. Could it be the same thing as Cam Akers? Or is it just legitimately he he was sick this past week, but before that, you know, you're you're just kind of uh, getting the other guys some work. Either way, uh, I'm staying away. The usage issue just bothers me. Raheem Mostert, he's your feast or famine, right? Workload split, solid opponent. And Jeff Wilson back there. But on the other hand, he's an 80-yard touchdown waiting to pop. (laughs) So the potential of I I did this right and I called it right all day can go out the window with one uh, spot of daylight. And finally, Terry McLaurin, they got the win last week. But for him, just two catches out of six targets, 14 yards, and only three touchdowns all year. So as much as I love the player, I got to hate the game and I got to hate the opportunity against San Francisco. I'm out.
4: Let's get to the Ninjas. Excuse me. Let's get to the fantasy ninja for week 14 of the national football league season guys that you may not recognize his plays for this week but you should get in your lineup
5: all right philip rivers guy that we go with the seesaw battle this week going up against the las vegas raiders 10th most fantasy points to qbs and ty hilton is back in the good graces the last couple of weeks we gave you him last week uh i would expect him to be active once again uh Corey davis going up against jacksonville 65 67 or more yards uh each of his last four games 2 100 yard efforts uh so opportunity there jd mckissick with gibson out uh there's they've given up uh, a ton of receptions to running backs out of the backfield, and McKissick has 56 on the year, so uh, look for him to pile up some more. Uh, Giovanni Bernard going up against Dallas, bit of a deeper sleeper, right, because there's not a lot of statistical merit to what he's shown you to get excited, but I think he could be a solid back-end number two, particularly if you've got injury issues uh, plaguing you at this point. You know, like Christian McCaffrey not coming back like he was – I'm sorry, am I projecting, Dan? Uh, DJ Chark going up against Tennessee, uh, an opportunity here. And Mike Williams going up against Atlanta. We talked about that a little bit earlier. And if one more quarterback for the road, and I say this again, holding my nose, it's Mitchell Trubisky going up against Houston, 12th most fantasy points allowed to QBs.
4: I'm just going to take your McCaffrey point and say this. I, I'm i now wondering what they do the rest of the season. Sure. i Yeah, like there's like we had we had pointed to the week 13 by week as a possibility of the Panthers using that as a benchmark to let's get to that and have him return ends up tweaking a quad. Realistically, where you are, you're not in week 14 and he's not going to play the point of playing him for the final three seasons where I think next year they truly think that they can take a step. You don't really think that, you know, Drew Brees rides off into the sunset. Maybe New Orleans isn't. I, I don't know. I'm just saying Atlanta is obviously going to be turning over a new leaf with whoever takes over that front office. And who knows with Brady and the Buccaneers. Point being is we think that the Panthers are on the upswing. And the last thing that they would need is their star running back to suffer some freak injury in one of these last three weeks when he's been injured all year long.
5: Yeah, there's there's no reason to risk it at this point. right? Even if by some miracle you win your last three games and – the the walls and gates open to get you into the seventh seed. Are you doing anything with this squad? No, uh, you, you used your entire draft on defensive players to try to fortify that for the future. And Christian McCaffrey at, at this point, it's a lost season. Like there's you paid him a lot of money, right? You gave him the extension. You gave him a giant novelty check for the signing bonus. You'd like to get some production out of it. This ain't the year. Right? Why? Why risk him at this point? Obviously, there's a drop off to Mike Davis. He's had some good games, and then he's been a jag, right? The old man, yeah, just yeah. a guy situation. Uh, at this point, get what you can out of your wide receivers, and whatever Davis can give you, and
1: live to fight another day. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
6: Going
4: back to our Patrick Mahomes being born on September 17th, 1995. Yeah. Also, that was week three of the NFL season. So that Isaac Bruce game, which by the way, it was the Isaac Bruce season. He scored in that game against the Packers and then ended up bursting onto the scene. And that's where the Isaac Bruce legend began. But the leading passer and leading receiver came from the same game in week three. It was an overtime affair where the Falcons beat the Saints 27 to. 24, And your leading passer in that game was Jeff George, 386 yards. Eric Metcalf had 155 yards receiving for the Falcons. And uh, Ironhead Hayward actually had 102 yards on the ground for Atlanta. So that's where he had Elway was second with 320 uh, in their game in, in week three against the uh Washington then Redskins but that's what she had for uh, September 17th the day Patrick Mahomes was born
5: all right we've got like nine podcasts that could run out of this one Dan spawn <laughs> of the I want your flex uh, okay what happened, all right, I, here. this week in the NFL do, do you, you remember want- the greatness of Isaac Bruce I mean, I'm buying you an Isaac Bruce jersey now. It Listen, ordained.
4: Uh, <laughs> I don't want any Rams gear. I'm telling you that right now. I don't want any Rams gear. Ram it all day, ram it all night. The Seahawks played the Bengals that week, 1995. Can you fathom, can you give me either the leading passer, rusher, or receiver, any of the three mid-90s, Bengals, mid-90s Seahawks, can you give me a name that you would you would like to guess? And if you don't want to guess, don't worry about it, because I hate it when people put me on the spot, and I'm like, oh! but would you like to take a guess at any of the names wow. of who was the – 1995. Yes.
5: Uh, let's see, you got Kajana Carter was in that game, right, before he got hurt?
4: The, well, he was hurt from the get-go, remember? He didn't even play that year.
5: No. All right. I'm, I'm thinking of draft and playing. and I mean, Carl Pickens is part of that game? <laughs>
4: he, he he was. He was. He was. I, I don't know if he's the, the top guy, but Carl Pickens definitely played in that game. Who the hell else?
5: 1995.
4: I'm just trying to think of old football cards.
5: Yes. Yes. Corey Dillon was your running back.
4: The, uh, the, well, it was a little bit later on Yeah, Dylan no, Dylan came, no, out he came th- in in
5: 97.
4: So you're, you're, you're close with Pickens. You're close, but just how about this? Think of the guy who threw the football to Carl Pickens. Was that Jeff Blake? That was Jeff Blake. Jeff Blake threw for 286 yards and two touchdowns. And in that game, Carl Pickens had eight catches for 88 yards and a touchdown, would have been the leading receiver, but Darnay Scott caught an 88-yard touchdown in that game from Jeff Blake. Seahawks escape 24-21 thanks to... Chris Warren and his uh, running the football for the Seahawks 109 yards and a score on the that? day that Patrick Mahomes was born. Are we doing too much Lee on September 17th 1995 because this, this is this uh, is the day that Patrick Mahomes was born this is what happened in the National Football League. But and the but Carl Pickens
5: numbers though eight for 88 888 is supposed to be the luckiest of Chinese numbers. Hmm. And when I went to work at Yahoo, I was employee 888.
3: Uh, really? It made me really? no
5: money, but it got <laughs> me into sports as a career. And here I am all these years later talking to you. So uh, there, there has been some good coming out of
4: it. Well, Chiefs fans, you'll be happy to know that on the day that Patrick Mahomes was born, they beat the Oakland Raiders 23-17 to in overtime. that's that's what happened that's when you knew it was destiny as lee said james hasty was it was that it was that the intercept yes that's what it was james hasty on that day uh Great, great stuff. All right. Uh, Give me one reason to start and bench. Start Tyler Lockett, bench Kyler Murray. Moving on. I took too much time for September 17th, 1995.
5: I like September 17th trivia, though. All
4: right. Let's wrap this up. Our our three-point conversion. Uh, I I I just like Lockett for the reasons I gave you against the Jets. And uh, Kyler Murray's shoulder is an issue. He's not running the ball anymore. And against that Giants defense, I don't think it's going to get better. That Those are the reasons to start and bench a guy. I know we have imaging. We can ditch it this week. Let's get to the three-point conversion. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to uh, to serve?
5: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll serve the, uh, and okay. try to start okay. the volley. All right. All right, number one, uh, you can find heroes just for one day. I gave you Zeke Elliott. You've been reticent to start him uh, for this week against Cincinnati. Uh, I'm all, all for it. Uh, waiting for Austin. You know, Austin Eckler talked about it before. I I need to find a little bit uh, of some positivity. Uh, Look, I'm surrounded by a bunch of Chargers fans that are just so sad and depressed (laughs) because they wore it from, you know, they're wearing it from Rams fans (laughs) right now as it comes up. And bye-bye Brady. In other words, coming out of the bye week. The explosiveness of Tom Brady. Maybe a play-action pass or two, Dan. I don't know, but I do know this. Minnesota gets no pressure on opposing quarterbacks. So, nice clean pocket from which Tom Brady can serve.
4: I am going to stay in that game. I think we're going to see some passing because I'm going to watch Dalvin Cook simmer against the Buccaneers' run defense. I think you could have a Cousins against Brady matchup here. I, I like Tampa Bay's defense in trying to slow down Delvin Cook. Look out now, but the Colts run free in Vegas. And I'm not saying that they're going to run away with the game. I just like their running backs in this game. We saw Jonathan Taylor uh, kind of have a breakout performance against the Texans in Week 13. I still think that there's a lot of value you and Naheem Hines. So look for the uh, Colts running backs to do damage. And finally, nobody has mentioned this Andy Dalton revenge game. Dalton goes back to Cincinnati and takes care of his former team and puts that exclamation point. On his career with a win against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know if Andy Dalton has beaten every team in the NFL, but if you can beat your former team, that puts you on a decent track to do that. uh, Obviously, he wouldn't have beaten the Bengals yet, but he'll have an opportunity to do so in week 14. And I think there's the revenge game.
5: Oh, I dig that. That's awesome. Do you think he runs to midfield and tries to uh mike he built showboat. that stadium
4: i mean he built that stadium even though it was in place 10 years before he ended up coming into the league all right that's our uh, episode for week 14 heading into week 14 i hope you enjoyed week three of the 1995 nfl season as much as i did get mike on twitter at swollen dome i'm at dan Byer on fox I mean, I'm telling you, there were there were there were some games. As I mentioned, Elway was throwing for a lot of yards. You had Randall Cunningham. How about this Bills Colts game from Patrick Mahomes' birthday, the day he was born? Marshall Falk, 13-yard touchdown run. Thurman Thomas, uh, two-yard rush for Buffalo. Falk got a touchdown pass from jim harbaugh in that game uh, bill's gonna win against the colts 20 to 14
5: you want to do 15 minutes on jim harbaugh now
4: you want to <laughs> <laughs> hey, i'll tell you what if we drafted a team from week three of that season it probably still would stink that's just the way that 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 things go with fantasy all right we'll talk to you on a fresh new episode on tuesday best of luck in your regular season finale your playoffs whatever it may be we wish you continued success we'll talk to you soon thanks see you
1: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get
0: travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new?